0: you're listening to episode 51 of fearless rebel radio what's up everybody today i am chatting with laura and marie from team nutrition genius and we chat about how to make healthy changes in your life without becoming obsessive or crazy you know if you hate cooking or if you hate going to the gym but those are things you want to do we talk about how to make it fun and interesting and not obsessive and we also talk all about their secret to being their silly authentic selves which is tied up in the motto no shame in your game i am just going to note here that um we do talk about quote unquote real food quite a bit. And so depending on where you are in your recovery, because I know there are some people that listen to this that are in eating disorder or disordered eating recovery, you may want to just flip past this episode if you're trying to not think about food and exercise. Just skip this episode and head on over to the next one. And uh, yeah, otherwise we will get started with the show. But first, let me just remind you that you can get my 10-day body confidence makeover, which just had a makeover, huh? uh, at my website, summerinandin.com, or just go to thebodyimagecoach.com, and you can grab that there. You guys are amazing. Let's get started with the show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer in a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. I am pumped about the ladies that I have here today. I have Laura and Marie, a.k.a. Sassy and Pearl, who are two real food registered dietitians looking to save the world with fruits, vegetables and bacon wrapped avocados. The duo believes that food is medicine and that there is no one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to your nutrition, diet, and overall lifestyle. They both see clients one-on-one and co-host a weekly health and fitness podcast found on iTunes and Stitcher called Nutrition Genius Radio. They enjoy making a real food lifestyle fun and simple and both enjoy an occasional sporadic dance party because after all, life's a party, rock your body. Welcome to the show, ladies.
1: Woo-hoo. thank you thanks for having us
0: that's a good intro do you know you know my program's called rock your body too right yeah. oh I totally put that in there <laughs> that's awesome I
1: figured your audience would understand if they understand you
0: <laughs> yeah and so I was on your podcast several months ago probably back in gosh like February or something oh my god or it was March. that long ago yeah. wow I know And we had so much fun and so I'm really excited to have you guys here today to possibly have a sporadic dance party and (laughs) (laughs) if one of your munchkin voices comes into play that will work too.
2: (laughs) What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, So but before we get into all that and people just think we're crazy and trying to start an improv podcast uh (laughs) (laughs) why don't you each tell uh tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today I don't know who wants to start with that
2: Biebs you're up okay so um I started I did my first degree in psychology um and when I got to the end of it I just really didn't think that it was for me um I know myself and I know that uh working with clients in that kind of situation just wouldn't wouldn't be what was ultimately making me happy. So I kind of got into nutrition in a weird way. I was actually just searching a random job website and came across a posting for a registered dietitian and I knew for sure that I wasn't qualified for it at that time. I mean, I was eating like macaroni and cheese and who knows what else. Um but I did a little bit more research into it, and it was just so interesting to me. And then, you know, I, I got a book about it and started reading, and the next day I ended up applying to go to school for nutrition. Um, so I just really loved it, and as soon as I got to school, everything clicked with me. I felt like, you know, for once, my my world in education finally made sense, and I felt like it was definitely what I was supposed to do. Um Got into the real food lifestyle a couple years after that, just kind of recognizing that all of the recommendations that we were preaching weren't exactly right. I read um, Deep Nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan, where she talks about a little bit, she talks about um, using traditional foods as a way to heal your body, and everything just made so much sense to me. The science made sense, and then just the practicality of it all made sense. And so that's kind of what led us here.
0: Cool. And what about you, Laura?
1: Gosh. Well, mine's a little, it's like multifaceted. I got into nutrition. I also was eating like hot dogs and and uh, mac and cheese and things that I'm <laughs> like, what were you thinking? Um, hot pockets. And they were just making me sick without me knowing it. Uh, I found out later that I had a gluten intolerance. My mom has diagnosed celiac disease and she, I grew up with her kind of fighting off a lot of food allergies. Um, she would go into shock and uh, she'd always have to have Benadryl with her and an EpiPen. And it just kind of scared me. Uh, right out of my my pants. So um, (laughs) I don't know if that's a phrase. It's probably not. I'm also known for (laughs) screwing up phrases. So I apologize. Um, I (laughs) I think I
0: am too. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.
1: (laughs) So I scared myself right out of my pants and uh, I wanted to know more. I, she even was like allergic to some like fruits and vegetables, which people don't realize that you can be allergic to. Um, So I used to avoid foods just because I was worried that I was going to hurt her. Um, And I didn't understand how I could help her. And so I started kind of doing some research in that aspect. And then I was also competing as a division one swimmer and I'm all of five, four and not very big. So compared to all of my competitors who are six foot something and large behemoths, um, in the best (laughs) way possible, I just looked like a little shrimp. And so I was also trying to figure out, okay, I can only get so big at five, four, um, and muscular, and I only have so much length that I can use in the pool. So I also wanted to figure out how I could help my performance outside the pool. So, kind of both aspects led me to nutrition, which I took my first class in undergrad, Nutrition 101, and um, the professor was the coolest professor ever. He, like, he actually did drop his pants. He had shorts on underneath, but he started running (laughs) around the auditorium explaining, like, how certain forms of exercise deplete your glycogen stores or your fat stores, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Um, So, ever since then, I was hooked, and I, too, got into kind of the real food lifestyle after college, which was a major bummer because I was having a lot of digestive issues and allergies and asthma and all these fun things that nobody wants to talk about Um, and so I kind of found real food and I found that I had a gluten intolerance, all that fun stuff. Um, I too read Dr. Kate Shanahan's book along with the Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf and the rest is history and now I just can't shut up about how much I love eating real food and loving your body and life's a party your body.
0: (laughs) How did you guys uh, pair up and meet each other?
1: So we met working in a hospital setting. Uh, we kind of paired up because everyone else in the hospital setting was kind of stuck in uh, in their old ways, preaching about whole grains and things that we weren't really super keen on. You know, they wanted the margarine instead of the butter, canola oil instead of olive oil. I don't know how familiar all of your listeners are with all that kind of, um,
0: real food.
1: And so we, I think it was maybe Marie who was just like, Kate Shanahan's my idol. And I was like, mine too. And then everyone's just looking at us like, what is wrong with these two girls? Um, (laughs) So we just kind of bonded over that. We ate our first can of sardines together. It's really adorable. Um, <laughs> Your first date. It <laughs> was pretty much our first date in the hospital in our office. We knew we'd be forever friends after that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and those who together. share
2: sardines together stay together. <laughs>
0: You know, I remember who I shared my first sardines with, too. <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm not even kidding.
2: That's awesome. What awesome. was your first experience?
0: <laughs> it actually wasn't that long ago. I was a little bit of a late bloomer with my <laughs> with introducing sardines into my life. They always, like, really freaked me out.
1: That's so funny. I feel like that could be an a icebreaker question.
2: <laughs> Did
1: you share that? That's
2: great. That's our new podcast interview question. <laughs> How old were you when you first had a
0: sardine? You <laughs> <laughs> still so, so talk to that person. Are you still best friends? So did you guys ever have um, like, uh, you know, like a weird relationship with food in terms of dieting or anything like that throughout your lives? Or, or were you guys like always pretty sane and, and you were just like, okay, I'm just going to eat this and it's all good? Or did you ever struggle with like your weight or anything like that?
2: Hell no. I had some. <laughs> when I first started going to school for nutrition, I think I just had it in my head that in order to be a dietitian, you had to be this like teeny little skinny thing and fit into this kind of like model. And so for the first time in my life, I actually understood how to lose weight. And so I did it. And I did it like I, I wouldn't say I was um, super unhealthy about the way I went about going. Like the way that I went about doing it, but it was more just the like, once you got into it, the obsession over counting calories started. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I really couldn't stop. There would be days where I remember at one point I wanted to eat like a tangerine, like something small like that. And it was going to go 10, like, it was like ridiculous. It was like 10 calories over like the amount that I had allotted myself for that day. Mm-hmm. And, I wouldn't eat it because it was going to be 10 calories over. And then it was like not long after that, that I was like, this is insane. Like, what am I doing right now?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it just,
2: I think the the whole process of like counting calories, I mean, we talked about this before and you and your blocks and how much time and energy goes into it. And it just gets exhausting after a while. And I think I just was kind of like, I'm bored of this. This is not right.
0: That's good that you stopped before it became like <laughs> too yeah, much of an yeah. obsession. That's for sure. But it- I totally know that feeling where you're, like, it's, like, a piece of fruit, and you're, like, well, I shouldn't have this piece of fruit. And yeah. you're just, like, oh, my God, it's a fucking piece of fruit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like get over yourself. Yep. <laughs> it's really not that big a deal. What about you, Laura? Did you ever have um, issues with that?
1: I don't know that I've ever had, like, issues, issues. I think that... I really struggled post-swimming because I never really focused much on my diet before swimming. It was just, like, whatever my mom made. It was pretty healthy, like, whatever's on the table I ate, I never questioned it. Um, And then swimming, I really, I tried to pay attention to what I ate. I even carbo-loaded because that's what they said to do. And I'd have this like Buddha belly going on, um, which (laughs) I was so bloated with heartburn all the time. um, And I thought I was doing everything right. And then I stopped swimming after college and I, I gained a ton of weight because I didn't know how to eat without training like a division one swimmer. And I think that was just kind of a learning process and relearning like, all right, you can't eat everything at midnight when you're hungry. Like you need to regulate kind of your portion sizes. But I don't think I've ever really, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I've never really had a bad relationship with food. I think it was just kind of retraining myself. All right, what's making you feel not so great? And what kind of portion sizes are going to get you to a place where you feel good? And I think that's what Marie and I like so much about like, our philosophy with nutrition and being dietitians is we're not, like, your stick skinny dietitians. Like, if there's a piece of gluten-free, for me, chocolate cake, I'm probably going to eat it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I think that that's something that we, like, not to pride ourselves in, but to re- – we like to be relatable on that aspect because I don't think that – you need a six pack to be beautiful. I think that you need to have some inner confidence and then understand how to eat to nourish yourself, not necessarily make yourself skinny. Because I think there's those are completely different reasons to be eating. And I just love food, so <laughs> yeah,
2: or even just that, like having a six pack to be healthy. Like you don't need a six pack to no. be healthy. Yeah, yeah.
0: One of uh, yeah, somebody I know was just who has like an online presence was talking about how she was um ta- i don't know she was talking about the food she eats and like someone was like prove that you have a six pack and she was just what? like, what, like, what does that matter? <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's such a huge disconnect in terms yeah. of, uh, I mean, there's just so much ignorance out there in terms of like, you know, I think six packs are for the most part pretty genetic and, or, or you like, totally. or yeah. you like really, you know, like you're like an athlete and therefore, you know, like you're working out all the time because that's your job. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, it's really hard to actually have one if, if you're not naturally, if you don't just naturally kind of have one, I think.
1: I, that's yeah. what I explain a lot of my clients is, like, if you're if you're looking for something superficial like that, like, look to your family. Like, does anyone in your family have a six-pack? Because chances are that, like, right, your genetics play a huge role in just kind of what you look like. It doesn't mean that you have to look like your parents and their body physique, but chances are, like, if you have parents that are under 5'8", you're probably not going to be 6'5". Yeah, you know, exactly. same goes with a six pack. And so I think that we just, we look to six packs and things like that as, and the thigh gap, which man, thighs are meant oh to be together. Gosh.
2: And especially for women too, because we require more body fat than men do in, in order to sustain sustain the life of a child. So for you to get to a point where your body fat is so low that you have a six pack for a lot of people, they're going to stop menstruating at that point, And then that's not healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Ray, did you just say child instead of fetus?
0: I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's okay. I actually didn't even notice. It's all the same to me.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, is fetus is my favorite word. So in general, oh. I try and insert it into every opportune moment, which includes calling anyone under the age of five a fetus, even though they're technically not a fetus anymore. Oh my God, So I wow, like... that, I can't believe I did that. Laura, good pick up there.
0: Huh? I feel like I, got I may you. be getting deja vu. I feel like fetus came up when I was on your podcast. <laughs> I'm sure we, it, like, it comes up about every it as day well, because me. Yeah, because none of us have children. And so we were all just like, oh, yeah, children are fetuses. <laughs> yeah,
2: we uh, keep losing all of our mother listeners. <laughs> we love children. We just don't have them.
0: yes exactly I love my nieces and nephews I do I really do um so yeah like I mean obviously you guys are are really fun and silly which is amazing (laughs) how important is that for you in your life
1: so important yeah absolutely like I think go ahead Laura what's that Uh, I'm gonna butcher the phrase like a day (laughs) without laughter is wasted or something isn't that a quote from someone I don't
2: know. (laughs) It's probably so wrong that I can't even pick up on what you're saying.
1: Well, that's the way I live. Like, if I don't laugh in a day, like, it probably wasn't a great day. And I laugh pretty much every day, so.
2: Oh, you're actually right on. It's a day without laughter is a day wasted. It was a quote by Charlie Chaplin. Good for you, Laura. I'm proud. I'm so
1: proud of you right
0: now. (laughs) That is good.
1: (laughs) It's because I really love to laugh.
0: Have you always been like that?
1: Yes. My mom used to call me her happy soul when I was little. I would just be like giggling all the time she's like I don't know what you were giggling about I didn't understand you and I was like didn't matter
0: (laughs) I feel like it's such an important thing to like having a good relationship with yourself and stuff is to be able to like laugh at yourself and to find humor in situations
2: yeah I agree um And especially like I find so many people these days to be so super grumpy. And so I love it when someone else is like on their ball, like it doesn't matter what anyone else around me is. I'm still going to bob my head to this music and we're still going to have a great time. Because you can't, you really can't control the other people that are in your life or the other people that are around you. So if you just go into it with that positive attitude, then ain't nobody going to rain on your parade.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do you, how do you bring that into like the kitchen with you? Like how, you know, cause I have some clients who they just, they really don't like cooking. Like they're just like, I don't like cooking. I, it's just not something I like to do. You know, how... What advice do you have for them to bring a little party into their kitchen?
2: Let yourself (laughs) screw it up because I'll tell you – I could not cook. I I used to burn grilled cheese like less than five years ago. Okay. So I think that is a part, like a huge part of the reason why people don't like cooking is because they're so afraid to screw it up. But guess what? Life isn't perfect. You're not perfect. And the, everything that you cook is not going to come out perfectly and you're never going to learn or be able to do it if you don't accept the fact that you're going to screw it up. I even still screw things up all the time, but it doesn't matter because once I screw it up, I learn something about what I did wrong and then I can do it right the next time so I think like just having that attitude of like yeah I'll probably mess that up and it's gonna be hilarious but no big deal you know it's not a big deal if you screw it up you just make something else that's like
0: a good lesson for everything in life yeah, <laughs> yeah. Screw it some up of the best mistakes in
1: the kitchen make the most delicious meals yeah that's true even tale. when it looks ugly
2: it can still be edible
0: and what about what about like if someone just like is like I don't have the time or I just can't like I I, I literally just like hate like chopping food and whatnot
1: There's so many options. So one, you can just it depends. You have to reprioritize your life. So if you're saying that you're not feeling healthy, you're not meeting your goals, then maybe you just have to reprioritize where you're spending your time. Maybe you're spending three hours on watching TV or on Facebook at night. Maybe you just need to reprioritize if you truly want to be healthy. There's also so many uh, companies out there now that kind of do like prepped meals that while I think they're more expensive, they've really helped some of my clients. Like there's Blue Apron and What's the other one? Healthy Fresh or something. Um, There's a company
2: out here. uh, Well, I guess your listeners probably aren't from the Rochester area. but
0: No, I think actually, well, I don't know. They're all over the place. They're all over the world. So there might be some.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely other companies that are real food-based companies that are like in your area. And it might take a little digging to find them. But, I mean, I know that there are some here in Rochester. So I imagine, you know, in other bigger cities, there's also
1: other companies out there. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, that would be an, it's never my first option because I think that it separates you from your food. But if you're someone who doesn't want or can't reprioritize their time to get in the kitchen, then find another way to get that real food on your plate because you're going to end up feeling so much better. Mm
0: -hmm. What's your favorite uh, song? What's your favorite music to listen to when you're cooking?
2: Ooh, I like Counting Crows. Laura and I are both big country fans, but I think for cooking I like something a little more mellow. Oh although sometimes I like country. I don't know. It depends. Depends on my mood, I guess.
1: It depends. I was just introduced to eight tracks like um two months ago. And it's like it's like a Pandora, only it's like playlists that people have put together. And so this summer, I've been listening to, like, I'll, I just type in, like, summer chill or whatever, and then it'll just, like, pick a playlist for you. And that's kind of been my jam this summer. Cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's my what new kind of music thing.
2: plays on it?
1: all different kinds then I also found like indie cover songs so like they'll Mm. do like 50 cent cover songs but it's indie so like you're just jamming along like slow music and then all of a sudden it's like 50 cent words and you're like oh that sounded harsher than I realized that's so cool It's, it's very intriguing. And I like it because it's, I think, the same way. Like when I'm cooking, I kind of enjoy the mellow because uh, it just helps me zone out. And that's been really cool. And like some of them have like a reggae tone to it, but like a smooth reggae tone. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Grooving. Grooving in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. Random Sometimes, dance party. <laughs> definitely a random dance party. Sometimes a spoon is my microphone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I generally go for like really big, like power tunes. Like, I will go for, um, like, generally, a lot of, like, 80s stuff when I'm cooking. Um, I, I believe there's, like, a playlist on songs are called The Final Countdown because it has ah! um, the song The Final Countdown on it by Europe, which I don't know if you Such know a that great song. song. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's got, like, really good st- – it has, like – oh, it has St. Elmo's Fire. You know the
2: song? Yeah. St. <laughs> <Saint laughs> Elmo's Fire,
0: which is amazing. Oh. Um, yeah, that's – I like, I, I need, like, fired-up music when I'm – when i'm uh when i'm cooking in the kitchen so that's generally what i gravitate towards which always ends up in some air guitar and scissor kicks <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. See, that's a great way. That is a great way to make it fun in the kitchen. I also think like grabbing a buddy. So I had a friend in my area who told me she did not like fruits and vegetables, but wanted to get healthy. And I said, okay, well, why don't you like fruits or fruits and vegetables? And the way she was like eating them just was really bland and mm-hmm. she didn't know how to cook it otherwise. Um, oh my god, that's really weird. She just texts me her nose must be itching. Um, yes. and, uh, So, yeah, so she, like, was really scared. So I'm like, why don't you come over? I'll cook for you the first time. And then I'll start teaching you some ways to, like, make food really easy and delicious. And she started eating things that she said she hated before. So maybe grab a buddy who you know enjoys cooking and finds it easy and try to just be, like, I'd love to learn from you. Or, like, maybe I'll bring the drinks and you make the food and we just kind of start going from there. I think that can be fun, too.
0: Now you're talking. Seriously. (laughs) Open a bottle of wine. Like – Put the tunes on. <laughs>
1: get a Can we do that now? Is that is way
0: that escape? That, that sounds great. Oh my wine God.
1: not, but <laughs> on <laughs> It is wine Wednesday. It, oh, you're right. Is, is.
0: that that's a thing, or are we just making that a thing?
2: We're gonna. So make it my a thing. aunt, it was totally a thing, and I have an aunt who just loves wine, and she called it Wine Wednesday. And her one like one or two of her friends, they would all come over. Um, and, uh, just sit there and catch up and have some wine. So that was Wine Wednesday. That's awesome. Yeah. It I was their it. once a week tradition. It yeah. was good. I mean, I think it was good for them. It gave them a little chance to wind out and hang out.
0: Yeah. Wednesday can sometimes be a tough day. So that, that's good. So in the same, on the same kind of token, I, like I often hear from women who don't have exercise they don't have exercise they don't like exercise <laughs> or they've had a destructive relationship with exercise in the past so they're struggling to incorporate movement back into their life what advice do you have for our women who are trying to discover something to do for movement that's not boring
1: <laughs> that's step one is changing the word exercise to movement or play Mm -hmm. I think when people think exercise, they think I have to go to the gym and I have to log five miles on the treadmill before I'm allowed to eat dinner. And I think that's such a destructive way of looking at exercise. And so maybe just changing the word to I want to move today. I want to play today. I want to have fun today. What does that entail to me? Maybe it's just a dance party in your kitchen at first. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's just a walk with friends at lunch or something as simple as that. Um, And not necessarily thinking of it, it has to be exercise.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's like a huge issue that people run into is that they think it's like, okay, I need an hour and I need to go to a gym and it needs to be like very structured. Whereas it can just be like, playing soccer in the yard with your fetus or <laughs> you go girl <laughs> and I just realized that that could be interpreted as like using the ball <laughs> you know what I'm about. <laughs> play, play, playing soccer with your child is what i meant to say um or you know like chasing your dog around or something right
2: Yeah, there's always super fun things that you can do. I know here in um, my area, there's a lot of different leagues. So let's say when you were growing up, you really liked playing softball. I can almost guarantee that there's a softball league in your area that you can play on, like, I mean, especially during the summer. So for me, like today, for example, I had a kickball game with some of my friends. So I ran to the kickball fields, hung out there for an hour, played kickball, ran around on that field, and then ran home. And that was my activity for today.
0: Yeah, and that sounds so much more fun than like yeah. going to the gym and being on a treadmill for an
1: hour. Exactly. And, oh yeah, oh, I can't so, remember the last time I was on a treadmill. That just seems too boring to me. Oh god, it sounds awful.
0: It yeah, it is awful. I think I I did it. I think I did. I went on one. Oh, when I was moving across the country and we were staying in hotels and that, like I was, it was in the, in the winter time. So it was just really limited. And so I went on an elliptical and I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I used to spend like an hour every day on this thing. Like what, (laughs) like what, what a waste of, of life.
2: <laughs> because you want to gouge your eyeballs out. Oh, no.
0: yeah. yeah. And so, you know, like I know you mentioned like joining a, like a league or something. And one thing I've actually heard from a few of the women that I've worked with is that they want to do that, but they're so hesitant. Like they're they're nervous because, um, you know, they're like out of shape or they feel like. You know, they're going to be, like, the the fattest person in the league or whatever. Like, how, you know, what advice would you have for, for a woman like that who's really hesitant to kind of just, like, show up and, and put herself out there?
1: Just show up. You'll be so thankful that you did. You'll probably find that there's people like you, maybe just as scared. Grab a friend, if you know a friend, and join together. I mean, there's just no... I think... Didn't we say this the last time we were together? There's no shame in your game. Like, wherever you are in your shape, that's where you are. And you have to start somewhere. Otherwise, you're never going to get to where you want to be. So, I don't know. I just... As a former athlete and a coach, like, I just... I don't look at anyone and judge them for being quote unquote, the slowest in the room or the X in the room, you know, that's just who that, who you are and you have to work from where you are and just, you know, you're no. going to be okay.
2: In, in fact, I think when I see people that, at like an activity that, you know, maybe they are a little bit overweight, or maybe they're having a hard time running and like keeping up with everyone else. I, when I see them, my first thought is like, you go, you're a badass. Like, I think it's so cool when people are clearly struggling through something, but they're still doing it and they're still pushing themselves through it. You know, like that takes a lot of courage and bravery. And so to be that person that's doing it, like, I, I'm totally like proud of those people. Um, and I agree with Laura like you have to start somewhere and so my roommate and I play this game of we call it like like for me I'll call it last night Marie and morning Marie and so I think you can play this in like days and lives but last night or like last week you will be thankful that today you or next week you will be thankful that today you did that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it's like splitting yourselves
0: into personalities.
2: <laughs> which well, I do a lot of she is yeah the Gemini. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good I like that I like that and I think yeah I mean I think we we all have these fears uh and a lot of bad memories from when we were young especially like I do at least I was always last I was always last any run I still am always last anytime there's running but you did it right but I do it in, even in CrossFit now like I just I'm if there's a running component, like, forget it. Like, this girl's last. And I just, I'm just like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I did it and I showed up. And the only way that I get better is by doing those things. Um, I and... think that's one of the
1: reasons I like something like CrossFit. It doesn't have to be. It could be any component but or any type of movement, play. But it really shows that everybody has weaknesses and that's okay. And everyone, ha- like, I don't think there's a single person in my gym right now that isn't the best at something. Like, when I think of heavy squats, I think of some of the girls. When I think of running, I think of, like, me, you know? And I, I'm, like, the opposite there. Like, you give me heavy squats and I, like, completely crush under them. Like, they, yeah. I can't do them, you know? But that's what's so cool about it is that we all have our strengths no matter where we are in our health. And that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, it's just – it. you just – kind of put yourself out there and almost approach it with an attitude of curiosity. And that can really help overcome some of the fear. You know, it's like, what if I just like played around with this? And what if I just like did this and just saw what happened when I did it instead of thinking like, Oh my God, what are these people going to think of me or I'm going to come in last and I'm going to feel so ashamed or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah um yeah tell me about this no shame in your game (laughs)
1: uh I feel like it's something that we always talk about maybe on our podcasts and just you know if it's just like the eating sardines thing like if you want to eat sardines in front of people who don't want to eat sardines there's no shame in your game
2: yeah, I think it was actually a listener that had said it first, and we just loved it so much that she she was doing something. It was something about eating a food that, you know, people were looking at her. Oh, I, it was making bone broth is what it was. And her roommates were looking at her and being like, oh, that's so gross. What are you doing? And she was like, whatever, I don't care. There's no shame in my game. And she just totally rocked it. And. She- <laughs>
0: I think it can be applied to, like, everything, really. Like, getting dressed in the morning and, like, yeah. going on the dance floor. Like, it's just, yeah. I think it's such a good hashtag and such a good mantra.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Brene Brown is a – she's a speaker and an author. And mm-hmm. she wrote this book called The Power of Vulnerability that I recently read. And she, one of the things that she talks about is just owning your story. And it just kind of, like – who you are and like the things in your past or like what you're doing presently has brought you to where you are right now. And when you own it, more people are going to like reach out to you and be drawn to you than anything else because that you're going to be authentically you. And so not only are other people going to be more drawn to you, but you're going to feel better in your own skin because you're not trying to pretend to be someone else. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, you just are you.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So she's one of my favorite people ever, no. by the way.
2: <laughs> she's great. I love her.
0: Yeah, me too. Um uh the, like all of her books are really good if you enjoyed the one, one, the one book, I think maybe, yeah, I'm
2: working on daring greatly right now.
0: Yeah. And then there's the gifts of imperfection, which is awesome too. Um, yeah. So how, yeah, how, like, I mean, it obviously it's really important for you guys to be your authentic selves too, which is another reason why I really like you is because like you, you can tell that you guys are just you,
1: um,
0: were you always like that or did, you know, did it take you a while to like really show your true self to the world?
1: I think I, I personally went in phases. Like, I think I was always like that when I was little and then middle school and beginning of high school was very hard because I'd always been like just unapologetically like who I was. And then you get to like that whole stage where people start judging you and you're a little awkward and I'm still awkward, but now I own it. Um, (laughs) And I just think that it was tough, but I I think I was just lucky because I had really good parents who just kind of helped me through it and never told me that I needed to apologize for who I was because I wasn't a bad person. I was just awkward and, you know, growing into myself and trying to understand. Uh, Yeah. And I think that uh, probably college was when I really came out of my shell and just was like, no, I am who I am. And uh, I also have a really great husband who just lets me be who I am. So God bless him. But he puts up with me. (laughs)
0: he is pretty great that's so good what about you Marie?
2: Uh, I am pretty similar to Laura I think that when I was younger I was you know a little spitfire. And then, um, middle school and high school were both difficult for me in that sense. And I, w- I wasn't like outright bullied where, you know, people were picking on me and calling me names and that kind of stuff. But there was just like, girls were not very nice to me, you know, and when you're not in that popular crowd and I was in a very small school. So, um, it, there was a lot of things that I felt very left out for. And I think in, in those situations, it leads you to try and be someone else because who you are, isn't working for it, you know? And so kind of like Laura, I went to college and I just was myself in college and I got really, really good feedback. You know, Um, I had a really great group of friends in college and I felt like they just absolutely loved me for exactly who I am. And so to know that it doesn't, to know that I can just be who I am and that people are going to love me anyways, it, it makes it a lot easier to i think just own your own story like we were talking about
0: yeah for, uh, i think having friends that like you for who you are is so important
2: mhm and if they don't like who wants them yeah Yeah, it's
1: just like I feel like I've had a lot of friends in my life who not necessarily like girlfriends have changed them, but guys have changed them. And I think a lot of that has to do with them not being confident in who they are. And so they think that they have to be someone else for this human being. And it just makes me so sad. I feel like I've lost a few friends actually through that um, because the guy never accepted them for who they were. And they didn't feel that they were worthy of having someone love them enough for who they were. And, I mean, I'm thankful every day that I have someone who embraces my weirdness. But I just – for if girls are out there and you feel like you're in the situation, like, you're wor- you're worth it. Like, you don't need to be with someone who brings you down. You should be with someone who brings out the best in you always.
2: Right. And there's no one else out here in this world that can be you. And so by yeah. not being yourself, you're – you're taking something. You're taking like a beautiful piece away from what the what the world could have.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That's such a good point. Um, and so like how like how like what are some like tactical or tangible things you do to just like own who you are? Like, is there anything that you can offer in the way of of you know like this is what I do and it really works for me because I, I just I know so many women that really struggle to own their story and to show up as themselves and to do like what feels right for them.
1: One thing that my dad always taught me was don't say sorry, just because like, don't just say like, I don't know if you say something and you look at everyone, no one's laughing at it because you thought it was funny and they didn't. Don't just say, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Because If you did mean it, like, own it. If if it's truly an apology because you upset someone or you hurt someone, that's what sorry is for. But don't apologize for who you are or what you stand for. And I think that's helped me a lot understand that, like there's a time and a place to apologize. And I think that, you know, you always say sorry without a but afterwards when you really mean it, you know, you just say, sorry, I know I was wrong. I want to fix it. But if you're just saying like, like I had this friend who was gorgeous in high school and like all the boys loved her, but she was very, she was not confident in who she was. And I just remember being on the lacrosse field with her and we were passing the ball. And every time I would miss it, she would say she was sorry. And I finally just like, went up to her and I was like stop saying sorry like it's both of our jobs to pass and catch the ball and like that's something so simple but Mm -hmm. I think that to me that that stands out like girls just want to say they're sorry about everything and there's a time and a place for that but you put you put yourself down so much by just like apologizing for every little thing you do
0: Yeah, it's kind of a weird buffer between – it's kind of a weird buffer that I think women do. It's like, well, I will apologize for me being me before you have a chance to potentially judge me. You know what I mean? Or for me to, like, feel like you potentially are judging me even though the other person most likely is not. I know – Especially being Canadian, like Canadians say sorry all the time. So it's like it's really hard. It's really hard. Like it's it's because it's so ingrained in our culture. Like, you know, instead of saying excuse me, we say sorry. Like we uh. we say sorry all the time.
1: That's funny. <laughs> and so maybe it's different, right? Maybe in your In Canada, it's a little different, but I mean, you know, I just feel like there's so many girls in America who I grew up with who would just say sorry about the silliest things. Yeah,
0: no, it still exists. It needs to. It needs to. Like I, I have to watch it myself because I find myself I still do it sometimes.
1: I found that once my dad taught me that, and I kind of got out of the habit of it, I just became more confident because I didn't feel the need to always apologize for being, I'm goofy. Like, that is just who I am. I'm very goofy. I'm also sassy. And like, unless it's in, I do something in a mean way and I truly hurt someone, it's it's all fun and games, you know, and, and also knowing that line, right? Knowing not to be an asshole, Sorry, can I curse?
2: Yeah, I already um, did. <laughs> I've already done
0: it, so I hope oh, okay. <laughs> I already did, I'm normally not the
1: one, too, so I'm like, wait, shoot. I already wrote um,
0: explicit on the top of these notes, so. <laughs> Here
1: oh, don't tell Marie that. She's about to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, so I feel like if you're not being an asshole, then just own it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there was a phrase that I heard a long, long time ago that's always stuck out in my mind, but it's, you could be the juiciest, sweetest peach in the tree, and there's still going to be someone out there who just doesn't like peaches. And I think that that's so true about people, too, is that, like, you could be this picture of perfection, and there's just still going to be people out there who don't like you, and so if you are trying to be someone that you're not, and then they still don't like you, you're going to feel crappy about not only the situation with them, but crappy about yourself, because you weren't, like, owning who you are, you know? Um, To to go back to Brene Brown, she has this um, mantra that she always says about just show up and let yourself be seen, and so... If you aren't going there and you're not showing up and being yourself, then no one is going to have the opportunity to get to know you. And so no one can like you. And then, you know, it kind of leaves you as like, where are you? So even if they do like you, but you're trying to be someone who you're not, then that's not going to feel good either. So I think just realizing that it doesn't matter – you know, it it doesn't matter if you are being yourself or if you're trying to be someone else in either situation, there's just going to be people who don't like you. Like that's just a fact of the matter. So knowing that going into it, you're going to feel so much better about yourself at the end if you were able to show up and to be yourself. And then if someone didn't like you, then you can walk away and be like, well, that person sucks. I, to- I love that. I love
0: that. You can be the juiciest, sweetest peach in the tree, but you'll still find someone who doesn't like peaches or whatever.
2: I'm paraphrasing. Yep. But um, yep.
0: that's such a good line. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that's it a awesome. long time
2: ago, and it's always stuck with me.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I feel like it's a practice. I know for for me, it was just like – you know, like people aren't going to like me and I'm just going to be okay with that. And I'm going to start to kind of lean into that instead of always trying to please everybody and try to be like liked by everybody. Cause that was something I really, I struggled with for a really long time, like, you know, beyond like high school and beyond like, you know, in, into my twenties and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think if, if, the women who are listening who struggle with that, it, like reading Brene Brown, is is amazing, mm-hmm. and also just you know t- keeping some of these these tabs and just don't apologize and know that people are still not going to like you sometimes, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I know. Do you guys both do CrossFit, or is it just Laura that does CrossFit?
2: No, it's just Laura. I have a. I'm. I'm a lot of other activities. I, um, and I am in a running club. Um, I play kickball and I also just go to the gym that's out here, uh, a gym that's in my area. I have done CrossFit with Laura before and I do enjoy it. It just hasn't been something that I have gotten into.
0: Yeah. Like I think, um, on the topic of CrossFit, cause I know it can get like kind of intense and, and, you know, some people just I you know, how do you feel if someone just goes into it and they don't like it? Like what are your thoughts on that?
1: There's something for everyone out there. And if this if it's not for you, it doesn't bother me. You know, you gotta find something that's gonna work for you. Um, I think it's also I've found found as like a coach too, like the people who are almost too gung-ho about it, I think that's also not healthy. So teaching those who are like, I have to do it every day, all day, intensity is the best thing ever. Um <laughs> teaching them that like rest days are good, active rest days are good too, like go outside, use the strength that you've built for things that can be meaningful. I mean, Marie and I are avid hikers and I couldn't do that if I you know wasn't in shape, but I, I also wouldn't be able to do that if I spent every day in the gym. So I think it's finding that balance of something that you like to do that's going to make you successful towards your goal um, or your goals without kind of I guess going the opposite way and making you obsessive over working out
0: yeah and without sacrificing fun right like I think that that's really important because I feel the reason why I ask this question is because sometimes I know women they feel like almost like pressured to do it because everyone a lot of people do it or that like people they know do it or they tried it but they didn't actually like it and I'm like well if you didn't like it like stop going like (laughs) No, like, right. you don't do it anymore. It's really not right. people.
1: <laughs> or even if you once liked it and you no longer do. Or even if, like, we were at a different gym before and, you know, it wasn't working out for us anymore. We weren't having fun anymore. So we switched gyms and, you know, we, we went to a less competitive gym. And for us, that's exactly where we needed to be because we just wanted to get fit from it and have a community to be able to go hiking and stand up, paddle boarding and kayaking and all the fun stuff we like to do. And so it might just be also the wrong place. And that could go not just with CrossFit, but like maybe a running club like Marie's a part of, there's plenty of different running clubs. Maybe you just found the wrong one. That's a little too intense or not intense enough or whatever it might be. And you're, you're the customer. So keep trying out different gyms or different activities. Uh, I mean, there's probably something out there for you. You just have to keep looking.
0: Yes. Yes, that's such a good way of thinking about it. You're the customer. You get to decide. So on that note, as we start to wrap things up here, the last question that I like to ask all of my guests is, what is the most fearless thing you've done?
1: Oh.
2: Well, I have, so I have a, about uh, three years ago now, I was hit by a car. And I was hitting my knee, and I used to be a really big runner, and, um... Running was, like, a a very important part of my life. Um, I ran races. I had run a half marathon, and I was in the process of training for a full marathon. Um, And then I got hit in my knee, and I was just unable to run the way that I used to. And that was really hard for me. Um, And I eventually was able to work myself back up to a point where I could do the hiking that I really enjoyed. But the, you know, long pounding the pavement just wasn't an option for me. Um And at, at this point now, you guys know obviously that I am in a running club again. And at this point, I feel like I've built up my strength and the support in my joint that I can withstand kind of the pressure of um, another race. But I have been too afraid to do it because I have just been afraid that um, my time is never going to be what it used to be and that it's not – I'm just afraid that I'm going to disappoint myself, I guess. Um, And I just decided recently, actually, and by recently, I mean like a week ago, that I need to stop being afraid. And so I signed up for a half marathon next month.
0: Yay! Mm -hmm. I was just going to dish you some of your own advice and be like, no shame in your running game. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's good. That is fearless. What about you, Laura? Uh,
2: I... I
1: guess that's just the one that recently stands out in my mind. I was going to say, I feel like there's a few moments in time. Uh, I think one was probably applying to college. So I grew up with a brother who loved him dearly, but he was like the perfect son. He was getting straight A's. He was well-behaved and like, not that I was badly behaved, but I was a little bit of a wild child and Mm -hmm. I wasn't a straight A student and I really liked sports instead of studying and so it wasn't that I was like a terrible but I always compared myself to him and he went to a really good school and so I was sitting with my dad with two applications, one to a really good school and one to like just a local school that I knew I could get into all for early admission. And my, my dad's like, just do whatever you think in your heart is right. And in my heart, I was like, well, I'm just going to apply the local school. There's no way I can get into the other school. And then like, I just sat there and I was like, you know what? No, why, like, why not go for your dream? You know, why not try and go to your top school because you're worth it? Um, And I think that was definitely a fearless moment. I just went for it, got in and graduated and was the captain of my swim team. And like, I don't know, it was, I guess that, I don't know if that's my biggest fearless moment, but that's one that stands out.
0: Nice. Good for you.
1: Yeah. And I think that a lot of women, we like to put ourselves down and think that we're not good enough. And my, I, I keep talking about my dad, but he's he's the reason I'm like sassy and tough because he would always be like, no, just be yourself. Don't apologize for stupid things, Laura. <laughs> That's
0: so good. So yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you had that role model. That's so nice. Um, so where can people find more of you?
1: All you want me to handle right. this? since <laughs> It's my job. Yeah. Usually we normally closes out our podcast with it. I, I probably would get them all wrong. <laughs> um,
2: Our podcast, you can find on iTunes and Stitcher. It is Nutrition Genius Radio. Um, Our website is TeamNutritionGenius.com. We're on Twitter at Team Genius because apparently Team Nutrition Genius is too long for Twitter. Boo. Uh, (laughs) Boo. It, However, is not too long for Instagram. We're on Instagram together as Team Nutrition Genius, but Instagram is also our favorite social media, so we have our own as well. Laura is at The Sassy Dietitian, and I am at Pearl O. Nutrition. Right on. Cool. We're also on, like, Pinterest and YouTube and all the things, and if you guys go to our website, you can sign up for... We send out a weekly newsletter that has exclusive content for all of our listeners, Um, and we have a whole bunch of stuff over at the blog, so...
0: Nice. Awesome. Well thank you so much for your time today. And we didn't really do like an official dance party. Let's do it now. <laughs> I know. It now. I'm trying to like now. cue up a song. Hang on a second. Let me just uh, see. What what can i get what nelly is that what you said
2: in so hot in her
0: (laughs) oh god i don't know if i have i I definitely don't have nelly um oh here oh wait 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 what's um oh gosh drawing a blank flash dance yeah flash dance come on totally drawing a blank Oh, it's gonna be the longest outro ever. I can't <laughs> find it. Okay, hey, everyone,
1: just start dancing, start shaking your head. Get ready for it.
0: Okay, that's it. We're going for Lady Gaga because that's all I got.
1: <laughs> all right, done. <laughs> Can you guys yeah. hear that? Yeah. A head. <laughs> I wish they could
0: see our dance I know.
2: Oh, yes. I'm really dancing right now. Tonight! I wish I knew baby, anything
0: other baby, than tonight, yeah, baby. I know. <laughs> I
1: actually do. It's hard to feel. Everyone better be dancing right now. Totally
0: I am. My armpits are sweating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: doing the sprinkler for you guys.
2: And. <laughs> nice.
1: oh, Good. Cool. Lady Gaga should hire us as her backup.
0: Yeah, I think I probably just got like eight really bad reviews. <laughs>
1: Hey, there's no shame in your game
0: there's no shame in that game all right ladies with that rock on and thank you again so
2: much
1: that was a blast thank you yeah, thank you summer
0: If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds, and I would be super grateful. Click on Reviews and Ratings, and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. And don't forget to head to summerinternet.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rockin' your bod plus the 10-day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free. Free, free, free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on.